Let us pray. May only God's word be spoken, and may only God's word be heard. Amen. Our gospel reading takes place fairly early in Jesus' ministry. He's been baptized, he spent his 40 days in the wilderness, and he has begun proclaiming the kingdom of God, going around Galilee, teaching and healing. But we're pretty early in that process. He hasn't gone very far yet. And um, people are beginning to hear about him. Crowds are beginning to come. And there are the stories about so many people coming at times that is dangerous. Not COVID dangerous in a crowd. This is pre-COVID, of course. This is rather the kind of danger of getting crushed by the crowd. This is like the doors first opening on Black Friday at the big box store kind of dangerous. And while a lot of people are liking what Jesus is doing and saying, others are not. They are concerned. Just as Jesus is gaining friends and followers, he's also gaining enemies. People who are not uh, concerned about the danger of the crowd, but rather concerned about Jesus and the danger that he and his teachings pose. And so they're going around saying things like, we're not so sure about this Jesus guy and all the stuff that he's doing and saying. We're not really sure the spirit behind him is of God. Maybe it's a different kind of spirit. You know what I mean. Maybe it's an evil spirit. They are trying to sow the seeds of doubt in the people and rile up the crowds against Jesus. They eventually go to Jesus' parents and siblings and say to them, you've got to come do something about this Jesus. He's kind of gone off his rocker. He's a danger to himself and to you, the family. You need to go set him straight. And the family listens. Jesus' mom and his siblings go to try and restrain Jesus. Yet Jesus knows exactly what is going on when he gets word that they are there. He knows that this is not a friendly family visit. So he says, who are my mother and my brothers? Those folks outside with whom I share blood? Or those folks right around here in this moment who share my spirit? Who are my family? Those folks out there who are trying to restrain me? Trying to keep back the Spirit of God? Or you folks right here around me who are trying to do the will of God? Who are my family? When Jesus was an infant, his parents took him to the temple to offer their offering. And when Mary and Joseph arrived at the temple, they met an older gentleman whose name was Simeon. Simeon had been promised that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. And he had gotten kind of a word from the Spirit, the Spirit moved him that morning, to go up to the temple. And when he laid his eyes on Jesus, laid his eyes on that baby, he knew that Jesus was the one. And Simon burst out with those beautiful words that we pray in the daily office at both evening prayer and Compline. Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. 
These eyes of mine have seen the Savior whom you have prepared for all the world to see a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. And yet, those beautiful words are not the end of what he said. After he spoke those words, he looked Mary straight in the eyes and he said to her, This son of yours, he is going to be responsible for the rising and the falling of many. People will be opposed to him. And a sword will pierce your own soul as well. I can't help but wonder if the story we have today in the gospel is one of those moments when Mary's soul was pierced by Jesus when he rejected her, when word got back to her of what he had said. Did she feel that sword pierce her own soul? The word gospel means good news. I don't know about you, but today's gospel reading, when Jesus rejects his family, does not initially, at least, come across to me as good news. For me, there has not been a distinction between the blood ties of my biological family and trying to discern God's will. My family has supported me in discerning and following God's will. It is in my family that I learned about God, and most importantly, about God's love. The family of my childhood is the place where I first learned about love. My parents loved me and taught me that God loved me. And in the family that I have now, I'm trying to teach my kids the same, that they are loved by their parents and by God. And yet for others, for people whose families are not cradles of love, but might even be places of abuse and violence, for them this story is a story of power and liberation. This is very much good news to know that those family blood ties are not so strong that we must put up with abuse and violence and rejection. Instead, there's another family, the family of God, the family of Jesus, a family trying to do God's will, a family that is basking in the love of God, a family who cares about their flourishing. And when we look at it that way, we can see how this truly is the gospel. This is good news indeed. Now, as the church, we are meant to try and create that sort of family. A family of nurture and care. A family of relationship and communion. A family that can truly welcome those who have been hurt in their other families. So they can find the love of God. A family that can support us so that we can create homes where that love of God is found. The church has certainly stumbled in this task at times, and for that we need to repent and seek forgiveness. 
and to try again to create this sort of community. A community marked by nurture, affection, and love. A community shaped by true, deep, and abiding communion with God and with one another. Amen.